little bit about some of the prophetic words that the Lord has been speaking to the body of Christ. This year, this is a year of Jubilee. And three words are fun, faith, and fruitfulness. So we want to have a lot of fun. And, um, you know, the kingdom of God is a party, and nobody throws a party like God. So we are to have fun. And, boy, you know, what a wonderful time. We were here Thursday night. We talked about dousing your shields of faith and by the word of God. You know, the way you really get doused is through worship. That was awesome this morning. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to see where God has taken the body here and where it's going. And I don't know all the details, but it sure feels good. Because it's all about love, and I'm all about the love. You know, and uh, in Acts uh, 3.21, you know, Jesus is held in the heavens until the restoration of all things. So we're in a a time of restoration of all things. So the year of Jubilee is really important. God is just showing up big time in a lot of ways. Uh, He's showing up in Hollywood. He's showing up in sports. He's showing up in media. And he's showing up in Christianity, showing up in the church. Praise God. (laughs) And what he's doing, he's, he's shifting us. He's shifting the church out of the awareness of sin awareness and fear into more grace and love and truth. You know, we've been highlighting sin for centuries, and we've been reaping accordingly. So, but it's all about the love, you know. I know that's how we got saved, and I want to talk about the Father's love a little bit and about how, how the Lord got a hold of um, me, anyways, and got a hold of Denise. You know, first of all, God gave me a great wife, you know. You know, and I always say it, if, if, if the Holy Ghost doesn't get you guys, your wife will. And she does, so. But she's a gift from God to me. And um, meeting at 14 years old, I was so um, embarrassed, and I was so afraid of girls, and I couldn't talk, very timid. So my buddy said, Gary, you like girls. Girls like you. Who do you want to go out with? And I said, I want to go out with that girl right there. So my buddy set it up, and we had a party on Good Friday. <laughs> I introduced her to marijuana at that time. <laughs> but she didn't smoke it, so that was probably a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, we got saved, and uh, I, only ripped ten, I only ripped 10 years out of my life by smoking pot. You know, we live in, in Washington State, and it's legal there, and there's still so many people hooked on it. It's just... It's sad. It's really sad because it really steals from you. But I only stole 10 years out of my life. But how, you know, God's a redeemer. He, he redeems. So God's showing up, and he's moving us towards grace, consciousness, and hope. This is the 70th jubilee since Caleb and Joshua went into the promised land. It's the 40th jubilee since Jesus was on the earth. So this is very significant and really holds true for like, for like for the next seven years, we've got some good things happening. Restoration speaks of completeness. Uh, debts are forgiven. You know, the, the trumpet would sound, the shofar would sound, and it would be a sound of a fresh start. How many of you need a fresh start this year? Why not? Why not? And, you know, prophetically, we want to look into the future and, and have hope. You know, the biblical definition of hope is the joyful anticipation for good things. 
You see, that's God's heart towards us. He wants us to have a joyful anticipation for great things in our life. Amen? Bump your neighbor and say, hey, he's talking to you. You know, there's about, they, they estimate there's like 25,000 Muslims being saved every day right now. You know, we just don't always hear about all the good things happening. We always hear about the negative things. And it forms us, helps us to be like a fear base. But, you know, when you're singing about love and about God's goodness, it's like, wow, it just takes you over the top. So we're living in the kingdom. And, you know, the solutions for this world are found in God's sons and daughters. So turn to your other neighbor and say, he's talking to me this time. You guys have the solutions. So to maintain your spiritual health this year, there's three words, fun, faith, and fruitfulness. And Denise is going to talk about that in a little bit. And the word fun, you know, is really, when we went to Bible college, we learned that what the scripture that says, count on all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations, you know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Literally, what that scripture means when you count it all joy is throw a party. Throw a party. So that's what we did. Joy was a little girl, and we would pack all the kids up and go to Bible school. We, and, then, and then we'd find some bad news, and we'd say, oh, we need to throw a party. I'd call the neighbors and say, hey, I'm out of work, don't have any money. <clears throat> but I got a half a gallon of ice cream. Bring the kids over. And then we put the old love song and the old Jesus movement. I'm telling you that Jesus movement was, I'm thinking about that, was pretty good back in the day. I was a young guy at the time, but I remember I didn't want to become a Jesus freak. And uh, I was taking a lot of drugs and stuff. And I told my buddy, I, I says, I got to stop taking LSD because I don't want to become a Jesus freak. And, and then he said, and I said, and you, you need to stop too. And he said, I know. He said, but I can't. And he ended up dying. He ended up dying in the wilderness. And we had friends blew their head off. And a lot of people died when we were in high school and stuff. We, we could never figure out why we didn't. <laughs> We'd just cry and didn't, didn't know, you know, what was going on. So anyways, counted all joy, you know. Kingdom of God is a party. And so early on in, in our lives, we were just, head over heels with each other, at least I was with Denny's. <laughs> I finally won her over, but um, it took a while. And we got married at 20, and then we, we moved out, out west. And, you know, we were involved in more of the hippie-type culture thinking, and so having smoked pot, you know, it brought rebellion in our hearts, not to mention we had a little of our own anyways. But combined with the culture at the time, we really entered into rebellion. And then we, uh, she got pregnant, and we had an abortion. And it was the worst thing that could have ever happened uh, to me, as far as I was concerned, because I, I didn't want to go to war in Vietnam. You know, I, I thought about going to Canada, but I had a, a high draft number, so I, I didn't get drafted. But, you know, I, I definitely didn't, wouldn't want to kill anybody, but what would be worse would be killing your very own. And that's the shame that that I felt. And I was already insecure, had a lot of inferiority and a lot of things like that. So when we did that, it's like, oh, man, I was the worst of the worst, you know. But, you know, I was, I was born and raised Catholic, so I believed in Jesus. I really believed in Jesus. But I wasn't born again. And then we came out to Washington State, and God orchestrated all these things in our lives. 
in our lowest times. And it was just, I just looked back at it. And so I was, um, I was reading the other day in scriptures in uh, Matthew where it, where it talks about, um, Matthew's right here too, that's really cool. The Pharisees came up to Jesus, or came up to his disciples, and they, um, in Matthew 9, 11, why, and said to, to them, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And uh, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, go uh, and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And uh, there's a lot more there, too, because he, you know, he hung out with common folks, so... And so I started thinking about this. What does that mean, I desire mercy and not sacrifice? And it really kind of hit me pretty hard. Uh, in James 2.13, it says, For judgment is without mercy to, to one who shows no mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgments. So I started thinking about my life, and I was thinking about um, we moved from Chicagoland area to Washington State. And then we started, Denny's got saved and started going to um, a little community church. And uh, she, I mean, she got radically saved. I mean, radiantly, radically, ravishingly, ridiculously, inconceivably <laughs> saved. I mean, she, she looked like an angel. I mean, she's kind of angelic still, but, you know. I mean, she was so, she always was beautiful, but she was just so gorgeous and anointing. The glory of God was on her. And there was no denying it. There was no denying it. And, um, but right before that, you know, I had worked and I had worked in Illinois. We had moved to Washington. We had no money. And then we lost the place we were staying at. And we were basically totally destitute and homeless. And I didn't even get it. <laughs> I didn't even get it because I was smoking pot with the guy that let us stay with him for a little bit. And it was like, wow. We were really out <laughs> and down. And then she called on God and had this radical, radical visitation and went to church. And then a series of miracles happened in our life where, where God literally gave us a house for $50 down. $50 down. Bought a house. I mean, own it. $50 down. And um, all my unemployment came from Chicago, and also we had, we had money, and we rented a place to stay, and she was radically saved. And she might tell you more of those details there, but it was like, but I was, my heart was like, oh, man, I, I will, I, and this is the vow I said, I will never have children, and I will never have a home because I don't deserve it. But God, who's rich in mercy, even when I didn't even get it, just reached down and gave us a home. And then she got pregnant with our first son, Abram. And it was like, it was like getting a little heavy. You know how it gets a little heavy? And then, you know, I've just been constrained to serve God because of how much he loves us. Just a few scriptures on mercy before I turn it over to Denny's. Exodus 26 talks about the song you were singing today, you know, that God visits, visits the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. It's 
about the sin of idolatry, but blesses the generations up to the thousandth generation. His mercy, showing mercy to the thousandth generation. Now, this is who God is, inconceivable. Numbers 14.9, he pardons our iniquity according to the greatness of your mercy. It's a repeat. Inconceivable. First Chronicles 16.34, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Inconceivable. When I was at that stage in my life with that deep shame, you know, guilt says I made a mistake, but shame says I am a mistake. I really believed my identity was wrapped up in my mistake instead of the mercy of God. Psalms 85.10, mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. How romantic is that? Mercy, if Without mercy and truth getting together, righteousness and peace would never kiss. That's the kiss of love from God. Inconceivable. Psalms 100, verse 5 the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting. His mercies are new every morning, right? Proverbs 3, 3, 3 let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind, bind them around your neck, mercy and truth. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. This is how Jesus, at 11 years old, had wisdom, increased in wisdom, stature, and favor in the sight of God and the sight of man because he knew he could bind mercy. He knew his father's nature and his character. Hosanna 6.6, 6, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Micah 6.8, what does God require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Luke 1.5, Mary's song. His mercy on those are, is on those who fear him. Inconceivable. Romans 11.32. God has mercy on all, everyone, everyone. Inconceivable. Ephesians 2.4. But God who is rich in his mercy because of his great love which he loved us. Titus 3.5. According to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So it's all about renewal and getting healed so you can come into the fullness of who God created you to be. And it's all tied to his mercy. Inconceivable. And I know, I don't think you know what that word means, right? <laughs> but my wife will tell you what that word means for those of you that have never seen The Princess Bride, right? So we've been highlighting sin for centuries and reaping it accordingly. But we're now seeing a shift and a movement to let grace rule. And we're, we're going to see the fruit of grace like never before. I said Thursday night, you know, we had our daughter Joy. And she's been total joy. I mean, it's been like a party. She's a party waiting to happen, like her mother. But we also have a daughter, Grace. And our, and our ministry is called Great Grace Ministries. And Great Grace is really cool because it's all, it's all about God's mercy and about his love. And our daughter likes it that we call our ministry Great Grace, you know. But the reality is grace rules. 
grace rules. In, in uh, Romans, it says grace rules through righteousness. See, God's grace empowers you. It's not just undeserved favor, you know, but it really empowers you to become everything that God has called you to be and do, yes. So we're going to let grace rule, and we're going to see the fruit of grace like we've never seen before. Now, can we really believe God that even in the midst of whatever we believe, that his mercy endures forever and that he really wants good things for us, for our nation, for the world, that he's got a plan. And he's, yes, he's the author and the finisher of our faith, fun, faith, and fruitfulness. But he's going to bring us to fruition. He's going to bring us to fullness. You're a word sent from God and you will not return void. You will accomplish that which God has designed you to accomplish. God desires that we engage him with our hearts, receiving his love so that we can give his love away and, and properly represent his love and acceptance. When we don't understand that, we live like orphans and we represent God's heart incorrectly. So orphans have a hard time receiving. So even though um, eventually I got saved, and how I got saved was in our new home that God had given us, Dennis had gone to church with our son, and I was listening to my albums. I mean, I smoked pot because, you know, God said, let there be grass, and there was. <laughs> Though I wasn't cleaned up right away, I was still, you know, but I was listening to my albums, and I had this one Stevie Wonder album, and I've yeah. told this before, and the name of the album was Heaven is Ten Zillion Light Years Away. He was, a, he was a Christian at the time, and the lyrics were, you know, they say that heaven is ten zillion light years away, and only the pure of heart can go there someday. You know, and then it goes on and on, and then it says, but if you open up your heart, you can feel him. You can feel his spirit. And I thought, wow. And I, I thought, I was just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed because of God's goodness, because it's his goodness that leads you to repentance. And I got down on my knees and I said a real simple prayer because I started going to church with Dennis a little and they tried to, had all these altar calls and I wouldn't go up because, you know, I believed in Jesus. I was Catholic and I believed in Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I was rebellious, yes, right? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus was just all right with me, you know? You know so, so I'm not going to sing. There's been a request. No. So anyways, I got down on my knees, and I began to pray. <laughs> and I said a simple prayer, and the, it was like a bolt of lightning came down, wham, and it just hit me. It was just going up and down my body, and I was shivering and crying, and it was like, and I knew at that time that I knew that I knew that I knew that it was important to know that, that, that you were saved, and if you died, you'd go to heaven. <laughs> But, you know, God has hand, hand on me a long time before I ever yielded. And then after that, I became very religious, and we became real fear-based. And in that fear-based stuff, it started to affect how we saw the world. Instead of seeing God as a merciful God, we started to see the world like, wow, Jesus is coming back, and I better toe the line here. One toke over the line, sweet Jesus. No, that was, <laughs> no, toe the line, toe the line, Yeah. So when we don't understand God's love, we live like orphans and we represent his heart incorrectly and we attempt to legislate 
hearts and behavior through laws and rules rather than simply representing his heart of love and solution. So we're in a season where God's heart and his love is bringing the solutions through God's, God's sons and daughters. And the good news is God is actively working in our midst to teach us how to see and perceive him and his heart correctly. So the year of Jubilee will be amazing view of God's character, his nature, and his heart of mercy. So we don't have to be fear-based. God's got this together. We can trust him. It's all about trusting him in the Father's heart of love. It's always been about the Father. All the songs I learned from the Jesus movement all the way, it always was about love, always about uh, God. And, I, and I, I got up this morning, I woke up, and I started singing them, and, you know, and they just, I started recalling the lyrics, and, and where's your microphone? <laughs> it's all about love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, God is love, and he can't do anything else but love. So many people have attached so many things to God that he can't possibly be because all he is is love. And if we think we have to read the Bible, we have to do all these things in order to receive God's love, then we are basing our love on fear because we're afraid that if we don't do those things, he won't love me. And many of us grew up in homes, that was the case. If we didn't do what we were supposed to do, we didn't receive the love that we desired to get. But that is not how Papa is. He is love, he can't be anything else. But I'm not teaching on that message. <laughs> Orphans will either survive, and they'll, they'll learn to survive in their home of origin, and they'll survive their whole life. And they'll never be free from the spirit of death because they'll continue just to survive. Sons and daughters thrive. They have fun. They have faith. They're fruitful. <laughs> That's what I get to talk about. <laughs> Yay! Let's have a party. <laughs> oh, there's so many things, you know, that Gary and I have in our hearts for all of y'all, but... You know, this is what we feel like we're supposed to do right at this moment. So I want to talk a little bit about the scripture for this year that we have been meditating on and just really believing that this is the truth of what God has to say. This scripture is in Psalm 16, 5 through 11. It says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And surely I have a delightful inheritance. That's my favorite part of these scriptures. Uh, I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. Keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. We're not going to just survive. We're going to live life to its fullest. Let's see. I got it. No, I'm lost. <laughs> My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the paths of life. 
and you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That's the promise of God for us this year. These scriptures in particular are the promises that he has for us this year. So this year, when we move into what God says, because it's the year of Jubilee, and that will last seven, it's a year, but it, the, the time period is seven years. So we're looking at seven years of fun, we're looking at seven years of our faith, and we're looking at seven years of fruitfulness. Now I challenge you, like Tracy said this morning, you, we should be asking and believing God for things that we can't even imagine. I have a good imagination like Tracy, so I imagine big things. Yes, inconceivable. That means it's such a surprise, it could never happen. But faith takes you into the inconceivable. So just, you know, we could talk about joy when we talk about fun. But I looked up the meaning of fun just to find out what fun meant. And it means enjoyment, amusement, and lighthearted pleasure. So if we're going through life having an expectation of fun, because what you expect, if you have a negative expectation, guess what? You are going to have a behavior that's going to accompany that negative expectation. In the belief expectation cycle that we teach in RTF that forms the ungodly beliefs, we start off with a negative experience, we form a, that belief system because of that negative experience, and then we have an expectation of what's gonna happen to us again because of what we believe and that negative experience, and then we have a behavior. So we, this could be positive or negative. So we're looking at this in the positive realm. God said, this is the year of fun, faith and fruitfulness. So I have a godly belief that joy, I have joy unspeakable, full of glory, and everywhere I go, I leave a deposit. And it's always going to be fun, faith, and fruitfulness. So I have an expectation everywhere I go. I'm leaving a deposit of joy. I'm having fun. I'm operating in faith, and I'm seeing fruitfulness wherever I go. And so now I have a behavior. Yay! Let's have a party! <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> Gary talked about the scriptures, you know, joy really became, not only did, did, he didn't talk about, you know, we aborted our first child, which was very terrible, and, and um, death was in my womb because of it, and so uh, when our, our first son was born, um, he was almost, he almost died many times in his life. Our second son did die at four and a half months old, uh, and then we had joy. Well, we found out that there was death in my womb, and we had joy. So you can see how God took us from death and mourning to joy. And so joy represented to us what God had done, what he had redeemed out of death and out of all, all that we had done, the choices that we made. He had given us this little baby girl named Joy, and she was, a, she was an answer to, his, to our pain and our hurt in our life. And uh, she's, like we said, she's always been a joy to us. So there's many scriptures about joy. I would encourage you, since this year is the year of fun, I would really encourage you to look up all the scriptures about joy. By the time you get done looking them up, you will have some fun. <laughs> Throw a party. This joy theme with God just kept going on in our lives. We had our daughter Joy um, during renewal. Um, I got prayed for, and as I was laid out on the floor, I started going into labor, which was, I always had the supernatural 
experiences because I think it's just the way I got saved. And so they weren't, unco they weren't uncommon and they didn't feel weird to me because of the way I got saved. And so I'm laying out on the floor and all of a sudden I go into labor. Like labor. And I'm thinking, oh no, here it goes. I'm going to be embarrassed. <laughs> you know, this is, this happened to me again. Everybody else is normal. And here I am. I'm going into labor. And so I said, Lord, what am I birthing? And he said, you are birthing joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I thought, couldn't I just birth a, <laughs> just something else, like this big ministry or, or you know, this message or whatever? And he said, no. And I said, okay. And so I didn't understand that until about two weeks later. I, was mentor I had a mentoring group at our church because we pastored for a number of years. And we were just doing a little prophetic activation. And so we were having everybody ask the Lord what he wanted to say to us. And so the Lord starts downloading to me, Denise, what happened to you on the floor was, a, was an impartation of an anointing that I've given, given to you to activate joy in people's lives. And you are going to Uganda in two weeks, and I want you to activate the joy center, which is basically the pleasure center, which is just a, just a conduit for joy um, in every one of those women's lives when you go. Well, we had 2,000 ladies at that conference. We laid hands on 2,000 ladies to activate their joy center. So joy has always been a big part of our life. So Jesus, even Jesus, it was for the joy that was set before him that he went to the cross. He didn't see the cross. He saw the joy that was set before him. And when we're in situations of life, we want to see the joy that's set before us, even though we may be going somewhere or having to do something that's painful. That's hard for us, that we don't understand, that we don't want to do. But it's the joy that's set before us that we look at. It's the, that's how we can have fun getting from the place we're at to the next place. Gary traveled a lot with Dr. Cole, and he was in, he was in um, Central America with Dr. Cole. And one of the things that we had done is we, were, we bought this travel van. It was the very first car we ever bought, you know, with payments. We always paid cash, but we bought this. We kind of got all excited about having this travel van. We live in Washington State. There's all these beautiful places to go to. And we had this big payment. And every time we would have to make that payment, we would look at each other and think, oh, what did we do? This is so terrible. And the Lord began to speak to us and said, every time you write out that check for that travel van, the thing was, is that our kids were having a blast in that travel van. Even in our driveway, they were having campouts in the travel van. I mean, they were having a party in the travel van. So God had a redemptive purpose, but this, 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 this thing before us, we decided that we were going to look beyond that to the joy that was set before us. And every time we wrote out that check for that travel van, we would praise God and we would... We would just lift it up to God and say, okay, God, yay, all right, we're having fun. This travel van, the girls love it. They have slumber parties, yay. And um, Gary went on the trip to, with Dr. Cole. Dr. Cole was a prophetic voice to the men's generation back in the 80s and 90s. And um, so he was gone. And I get this phone call. And the phone call is, we want to pay off your van. 
It was the prophet's reward. Carrying the, he was carrying the prophet's briefcase around Central America. But God knew that we were looking beyond what was there to the joy that was set before us. Because one day we would own that van and we wouldn't have a payment anymore. And we could still have fun with it, right? So we want to live life that way. This year of Jubilee gives us the opportunity to do that. When we're in a year of Jubilee, we can tap into joy. We can tap into fun. It can be inconceivable. It can surprise us. Checks can come in the mail. When we were in, we were getting ready to go to Uganda, we had no money to go to Uganda. We were supposed to have money, but it didn't get paid to us, so we had no money. I said, God, do you want us to go to Uganda? He said, yes, I want you to go to Uganda. And he said, go to the mailbox every day, and you'll find money in the mailbox. And if it's not in the mailbox, somebody will hand it to you. And so every day, up until the day before we left, somebody handed us money or it was in the mailbox. The day, the night before we left, somebody gave us a check for enough money, which we didn't even, we weren't even thinking about this, to pay all of our month, all of our bills for the month that we were going to be gone. He can do exceedingly abundantly if we want, if we live our life looking past our circumstances and to the joy of the Lord. It's part of who you are. God created you. It's the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. I'm going to drive it into everybody's head. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> uh, so much fun. All right. Faith. You know, the Old Testament doesn't talk about faith as much as it talks about God's faithfulness. That's the theme of the Old Testament, is how faithful God is. But the New Testament talks about faith, and Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And in um, um, there is an Old, Old Testament reference that I want to talk about, because just real quickly, I'm going to go through this real fast. In Habakkuk, and everybody says that different, so that's how I say it. Uh, <laughs> um, there's three chapters in that book. And the first chapter of that book, I encourage you to read it. He is complaining. He is complaining about everything he's seeing. He's wah, 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 wah. You know, and he's telling the Lord all this, okay? So he gets through with all his complaints. And hey, guys, there's nothing wrong with telling the Lord about your complaints. He is the best place to go to if you have a complaint. Just give it all to him. Just, and then forgive. <laughs> and then invite Jesus to come and say whatever he wants to say. But in the second chapter, he has, a, he, he has a change. See, Habakkuk starts off and he's sighing in his faith. He's looking at everything and, oh, these people. Oh, you know, he's sighing. In the second chapter, it starts off with, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So we begin to see that we're, he's moving into a place now where he's seen. His faith is seen. He's put himself in a position to see what the Lord has to say. And, and then that's what the Lord says. Because the scripture reference before that in verse um, uh, 1 and 2, it says that he set himself to see what the Lord had to say. So if you want to move from sighing faith, which is there's nothing wrong with it, but you're sighing, to seeing faith then you want to move into a place where you set yourself to see what the Lord has to say. 
And then he begins to tell you what he has to say in the situation. He told Jesus when he was going to the cross, that's how Jesus could look to the joy that was set before him. He, he, he began to see. So in our lives, we can begin to see what the Lord has to say. And then we began to have seeing faith. We're able to see. So we start to, we start to speak a little differently because we're seeing something differently. And then in the third chapter, it's actually the hem of faith. So at this point, he begins to sing. Now his faith has come to a place to where he's got singing faith. And he's singing. And he goes on to say, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, nor the labor of the olive may fail, and the fruits yield no, no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herds in the stall, yet I will rejoice in God and my joy in God, who is my salvation. The Lord God is strength. He will make my feet like hinds deer feet, and he will make me to walk on high heels. Ladies, he's going to make you to walk on high hills. <laughs> Actually, uh, that was a prophetic word that I had at a women's conference uh, that, that God was going to make them to walk with, on high heels. Uh, <laughs> so that's a, that is, that, now we're singing. And we know, you know, when you get to the place to where you're singing, you, you feel something's happening. Worship, worship. I mean, when I was a young mom, they would say, okay, you got to read your Bible. You got to tarry for one hour. You got to do all these things. And I'd think, I can't do all that. So I'd put on worship music and I'd do my housework and all everything to the word. Worship was the word. It was washing over me. I was able to stop, praise God anytime I wanted to, and I was getting the word. So ladies, if you're a young mom and you don't have time to do one, two, three, four, five, don't worry about it, just worship. Amen. So singing faith. Now in Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what the enemy wants to do is steal your hope. Because if he can steal your hope, he'll steal your faith. And your hope gets deferred into another season. And when hope deferred comes, it brings infirmity, it brings poverty, and it brings ignorance. We've watched it over and over and over again when someone's believing for something and, and they don't see it happen in that season. If they're not in joy, they can't see beyond it. So the hope then gets stolen and they can't go to the next, they can't receive what they need, want to receive. So, um, so in this, it says that the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So really what's going on with us on the inside of us is that we are spirit beings and we're dealing with these human experiences. So we're trying to figure this out because we're spirit and all this stuff is happening in the natural. So we're trying to figure this out. The potential of who we are in Christ struggles with where we are. So that's why faith is very important. And the other thing that's important for us is, is Isaiah 46.10 says that God declares the end from the beginning. So that's how God operates in faith. He sees the end and he declares the end from the beginning. It's what he declared to Jesus, the end from the beginning. Jesus walked, but he, the end 
God knew the intended end. He declared the end from the beginning. And if we look at life that way, we will be able to operate in fun, faith, and fruitfulness. So good. I love it. So the atmosphere is changing. You have always known nothing is impossible, but starting in April, you will be able to feel nothing is impossible. <laughs> That's now, Faith. Now, Faith. So we want to declare things like the Father declared things. We want to declare things, the end, from the beginning. We want to declare those things. And as we do that, the fun that we're, in, that we're endeavoring to have, the joy that we're endeavoring to have in life, when we add it to our faith, then that faith will take us to the fruitfulness. We will go from the place of whatever is being said, whatever we, we feel like God wants for us, that desire, that, that word, that promise, whatever it is, and we're having a joyful time, we're looking ahead to the promise, our faith will take us to fruitfulness. Fun and faith together will take us to fruitfulness. Because it's not always easy just to have faith. But if you add fun to the faith, then it's easier to get to the fruitfulness, right? It is for me anyway. <laughs> now, fruitfulness is an interesting thing because God always combined fruitfulness with multiplication. As I was reading all the scriptures about fruitfulness, many, many, many of them were connected to multiplication. So it's not only that we're receiving fruitfulness, because that's what God said this year is fruitful, but that fruitfulness is going to multiply. <laughs> Inconceivable. Such good news. Such good news, because God is a good God. He's a God of hope. He's a God of goodness. He's a God of love. True love. <laughs> Can you tell we like the Princess Bride? Every time we went to Uganda, we'd come home and put the Princess Bride on, because we were up in the middle of the night because of time change. And we'd always find something new in that movie that we thought was really cool. So, so we have it pretty much memorized. And then we had a friend give us a book, a 50-year Memor memoration of, the, yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> fruitfulness. God blessed, and then he, he met, blessed them, and he blessed them first. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply means to enlarge your borders. It means to greatly increase. It means abundance. It means to grow. Fun, joy, delighting, and jo delighting keeps us in faith so we see the desired result and fruitfulness demonstrated in our life. Very simple, very simple message. But if you, if you will take the word of God and you will allow it to continue to wash over you, you will begin to believe and you will begin to see the fruitfulness and your faith will just trot along and you won't even actually even know you had to have faith to get there because you're having fun. It works, guys, it works. We've lived our life based on this, and we make the decisions in life based on this, and like if we're gonna come someplace, we're gonna come because we're gonna have fun, and we're gonna activate faith, and we're gonna see fruitfulness come from it. So Lord, we just declare and decree fruitfulness that abounds, increases, grows, 
and cannot be stopped in any way now in the name of Jesus. I don't care what the Buddhist temple is doing over there in the name of Jesus. I declare that this place is God's place and that God's place will grow, will multiply, will increase, will be fruitful, that God's place will bring uh, people who desire to have fun and joy in their life, and this place will be known for just an abundance, an abundance, abundance of richness, of faith, and joy in Jesus' name. You guys just say amen.